Hi everyone, welcome back to the Quantum Heart Cafe. I hope everyone has had a wonderful week and weekend and I'm excited for tonight's show. I'm just going to give a, uh, as I'm going to talk a little bit about, I give my, share my thoughts on the book, Agrigores, the cult entities that watch over humanity. Uh, it's by Mark Stavish and it's not a long read, so I'm, you know, oh, just about done. And, um, you know, I've got some mixed feelings about the book. I think that uh, there's some some really good insights about the book and useful information, but there's also some things that I kind of disagree with. But before I get into that, I just want to give a moment of gratitude and just um, I think uh, with this Pluto return and the eclipse in the past clip the eclipse that we had in Scorpio, I am really learning just to live in the moment. Like, it's hard to know what's going to happen in the future. Like, the, it's easy to get caught. I find that sometimes for me, and maybe this is the same for you, it's really easy to get kind of caught up in the what, you know, what could happen in the future. Especially, I don't really watch the news anymore. Sometimes, though, I do see the news, and it's easy to kind of get sucked in and to get sucked into the fear. Um, it's hard to say what is going to happen in the future, and all we really have is this present moment and I think maybe if we learn to enjoy the present moment a little bit it'll help kind of uh, at least it's helping me to navigate these weird times we're in because you know the world can be very different in a week from now it's hard to say and sometimes you know these powers that shouldn't be they you know they mess around with timelines and they speed things up and all this other shit so I think the way <laughs> part of my language but sometimes you know I do I do swear so but I, I try I try not to all the time. Uh, but it's so easy, to, you know, the powers that shouldn't be, like, the, you know, mess around with stuff. And sometimes I wonder if one of the ways to, you know, not cooperate with, with them is to live, learn to live in the present moment and to be grateful. And, you know, I, I have heard that raising our vibration is one of the ways that we can kind of escape this weird place that we're in right now um i will have a caveat with that because I, I do think it's important to raise our vibration but i often think that's also a new age cop-out because you know colonialism and like this isn't awoke anything like the this happened like colonialism and empire and uh you know white supremacy they exist and you can argue to blue in the face I don't want to hear it because again I've yeah I've, I've studied empire I've studied um you know the genocide that happened in Turtle Island uh, and I've studied and I, I'm pretty aware of I mean as, as aware as I can be of what took place and I think that you know we really won't be having any sort of spiritual awakening until you know everyone is able to live a happy decent life and not just a few people and I think what is happening what's on or what the powers that shouldn't be are trying to unfold with this um you know the great reset and fourth industrial revolution is just a continuation of colonialism only it will encompass everybody and it'll be run by artificial intelligence so I just think that the way forward like the the path forward it was going to involve a lot of healing 
a lot of coming to terms with what happened in the past. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It means that maybe we can have a chance to break the cycle of violence and actually have peaceful coexistence because there were times, um, you know, particularly with the French, when they came here for a period of time where there were peaceful relations between, uh, you know, all the people, you know, but the empire and everything like that, it was, re it was pretty short-lived, but there were times, there were pockets of peace, and I think that you know, I think that's something worthy to strive for is, is, is peace and, uh, you know, and love and compassion. And But it's going to require a lot of healing first and a lot of coming to terms with what happened. Um, but uh, with all that being said, like I said, I, uh, I am, you know, I am grateful for this moment and just to be able to do this, this podcast and to have the means to do the podcast and... Uh, and to enjoy some coffee. <laughs> I do have my decaf coffee with me and enjoying that tonight. And now I want to get into the book Agrigores. So what is an Agrigore? Well, an Agrigore, it's uh, an occult entity. And so what the, from what I understand, or my understanding from what I read in the book is that it's a, it's kind of a collective unconscious. It's a collection of our energy, um, or a group of people, uh, it's like a collection of a group of um, human beings and their energy, and all that energy uh, eventually kind of becomes like this entity, this this being on the astral realm. So, the as I've I think I've kind of talked a bit about this in other shows, but there there is a relationship between the physical and the spirit world. Uh, you know, we see on the physical world, we, we perceive everything with our five senses. And then some, you know, there is extrasensory capabilities. I do think that there is, you know, a bit of latent telepathy and, and psychic abilities and whatnot. Um, but then there's also the spirit realm and there's the unseen and, and the two uh, go hand in hand with each other. And I think it was... Um, you know, scientific materialism and uh, all the, going all the way back to Greece and maybe even beforehand when, uh, you know, Plato <clears throat> talked about taking subjective experience and turning it into an object, uh, an object to be dominated. So I feel like that is a precursor to kind of the scientific and materialism that was really kind of part of the, I think it was the 1800s, you know, uh, forgive me if I mistaken the time the timeline, uh, but you know just the whole notion of you know our planet is nothing but dead matter and that the universe is nothing but dead matter like that's not true. There is uh, spirit and there is you know the spirit world is intertwined with matter and matter has is alive and a lot of nature based a lot of indigenous and African uh, spiritualities they. You know, they saw any like a for me like I'm half Irish and so I've been reconnecting with my Celtic uh, heritage and that you know they saw nature and trees, nature spirits and rocks and so on. So you know other cultures and other spiritual um, traditions see the spiritual and material as intertwined with each other, and the agrigores are kind of like a 
and a, a, a good example of that, um, you know, it's like a good example of an egregore would be, let's say, a, a corporation. Uh, let's just say a corporation like uh, Nike, you know, uh, in the spirit, you know, Nike has a physical presence in in this material world, you know, the buildings, shoes, uh, employees, they have, uh, you know, the, uh, the branding and everything. And then on the spirit realm, they have a, Nike probably has an aggregore. And, and the, all the stuff that we do and the, or that the Nike employees do, the logos, which is kind of like a sigil, if you think about it, and all the marketing and advertisements and just all the energy that goes into that corporation, that energy is transferred and it feeds an aggregor on the spirit realm. And in exchange, the aggregor offers probably blessings, maybe some protection from competition. Although I, I imagine that you know Nike and Adidas are probably all owned by one corporation now, but you know just to give an example, like they. You know, in, in exchange for that energy, the aggregor pro can provide some protection, you know, or, or blessings or what have you. And, um, you know, an aggregor is the same thing for a nation. It's the same thing for a state, city, um, maybe to a lesser extent, like a, a baseball team. You know, anywhere where there's more than two people present and they're thinking about the uh, an idea, they're both thinking of working on an idea that idea then and that and they keep doing that and they kind of develop rituals and, and ceremonies then that idea starts to you know have energy like generates energy like it almost becomes a vortex in a way and then eventually uh, if there's enough energy going into that I that kind of vortex it becomes an entity and if it's not, if they're not careful, that entity could become, you know, so powerful that they break away from the group and kind of take on their own, uh, like their own identity in a way. Um, so, I mean, to be fair, the author uh, did provide <clears throat> or did share some writings from other kind of occult writers that were saying that, you know, you want to be careful with what groups and what um you know corporations are where you become associated because you know your energy could you could become under the influence of aggregors and i'd say it's probably difficult <clears throat> you know it's not easy to avoid becoming influenced by an aggregor because you know to some extent we all in a way belong to you know we belong to a nation we belong to a community some of us may may belong to associations um, some of us might belong to, um, like, you know, clubs and so on. So, you know, you could become, um, and through those, you could become influenced by an aggregor. Now, it's, some people think that all aggregors are bad, and then other, other people think that, you know, you have good aggregors and bad aggregors, and then you kind of have, like, neutral ones. I kind of, um, agree with the second group. I think there's probably good aggregors and then you know dark-sided aggregors and then there's probably ones that you know maybe a little more neutral um well i will say though like a dark-sided example of an aggregor is probably a cult uh you know you have some people join joining cults and 
you know, all that energy from those followers are are taken by the leader and then and siphoned to the aggregor. And the aggregor gives that leader and I guess by extension maybe some of the people in the cult, you know, gives blessings. But that cult has to grow because the aggregor wants more, right? So they have to recruit new members and so you know, it kinda gets a little you know, it can you know, it can get a little dicey, which I mean personally I try and be conscious about the groups and people or especially the groups and associations that I've become associated with. I'm not really associated with too many and I don't think I probably will ever become associated with the magical order or anything like that. I just don't know. <clears throat> I'd rather just be solo. I mean, I, I imagine you probably can learn a lot by joining some order or secret society or something, but it's not for me. I'm not interested. And I don't know enough about which ones are light-sided, which ones are dark-sided. So I think it's just safer to, you know, have my own relationship with <clears throat> the universe and so on. I don't really need a group, I don't think. And I can find teachers and mentors as one on 101 or on a one-to-one -one basis, you know. And, uh... Another thing I found interesting in the book um, was when he talked, he did speak a little bit about children. <clears throat> you know, there are, um, uh, and that there are um, organizations and there are people that are maybe not, well, no, there are. Um, like, he didn't say this specifically, but he did say, that children have, um, you know, because they're innocent, they have the best energy. And oftentimes, uh, you know, you can have dark-sided people and entities, and, you know, it does happen, unfortunately, like the, with the um, child trafficking and ritual abuse. It, it is real. It's not a conspiracy. And they... I don't. I mean, I, I don't know if anyone's ever seen the movie Doctor Sleep. It's a really good movie. I haven't read the book. Um, you know, I've th been thinking about reading the book for this channel sometime in the future. And in the book, there's a group called the True Knot, and they're kind of like these vampires. They're like the a psychic vampire. Well, maybe not psychic vampires, um, but they are very similar to vampires, and they. They go after steam in children, and because the steam is is pure, you know they they haven't gone through adolescence yet. And what they do is they feed off of that steam to live. And so they go out, you know, you see, you see them kidnapping and and uh, you know going after children and stealing their steam so that they could live. And you know I, I think that you know that movie was maybe trying to. Um, depict what kind of happens in, you know, these sort of human trafficking circles where children are being, where their energy is taken, and that energy is probably sent to some sort of aggregore on the astral side, and in exchange, these people, you know, they get power and prestige. It does happen. It's not a conspiracy. Uh, I'm not interested in arguing about it because I... I I know enough. I mean, you know, I know I gotta be careful with what 
you know how I say it, but it does happen, and it's and I wish more people would you know kind of sit up and realize what's going on. And then another thing that he said about children, and this is also really important, is that they um, you know children kind of determine help to determine the future in a way, like they help to shape the um, the future, and you know these propagandists and these people that. Um, you know, are really pushing this metaverse and they're pushing this uh, transhumanist thing agenda. They know that too. And that's why they, you know, they're not really, like these people, the powers that shouldn't be, like they're not terribly interested in us adults. Like they, you know, they have some interest, of course, but they really want kids because, you know, if they get our kids, then they can shape the future to however they want. You know, they can have kids wearing virtual reality sets and Fitbits and have their data collected and so on. And, you know, if there's no adults or no people around to tell them that that's not how, that's not how life is, that, you know, there's a whole, their, their metaverse is a counterfeit. Like, there's a whole reality out there with trees and, and rocks and you know, and, and going out and having fun and, <clears throat> you know, playing outside with your friends, although I guess now it's not as easy to do that anymore. But, you know, if, if kids grew up thinking that, you know, augmented reality and the metaverse is normal, then, um, then they, you know, they won't fight it because it's just a part of a natural part of their lives, right? So that's where it's really important. This, I know it's not easy. The schools are being kind of, the, I, I, at least I know that of the schools in parts of California. I, I'm not sure about other uh, places in Canada or the U.S. or even around the world, but I imagine they're doing, you know, schools are doing the same thing where they're kind of separating parents from kids and they're not allowing parents into the building with their kids. And... You know, that's concerning. Like, like, what are they doing? Well, they they're, they want to separate us from kids so that they can, you know, shape them and mold them and have them build this metaverse. You know, they really are after the kids. And so, I, I mean, the book didn't necessarily say that, but it did say how important the next generations are because they do help to shape the things to come. And so... You know, if you're listening to this, it's really important, especially if you're parents, to, you know, get on those boards and, you know, protect our kids because, um, you know, otherwise they won't, their future will be, you know, serving this metaverse. And that's not, that's, to me, the, the metaverse is anti-human being. Like, it's not, you know, a, a life-affirming place. It's, I, you know... I think it's going to, you know, it could be, it could be a very bleak future if we don't step in and protect our kids. Mm -hmm. So I, I do appreciate that part of the book. Um, I, I felt that it was very relevant and it really resonated with what's kind of going on in society right now. And then I, you know, and then he did, like the author, I mean, I'm not sure if he was, I can't, I couldn't tell if he was like, you know, for these people, or if he just kind of brought these people up as an example to give more examples about uh, Agrigores in his book, 
Um, but he often uh, cited guys like Aleister Crowley and H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, and I'm, I don't know, like most, and that's why I'm, I'm probably more, I prefer to study the, you know, esoteric science on my own, because there's a lot of, like, occultists and stuff that I don't agree with, and, you know, Crowley and, you know, H.P. Lovecraft and his horror books are ones that I don't really, I don't follow that, I don't, I feel like they're were pretty dark-sided, troubled human beings, and they, um, you know, and I know that Crowley hurt kids and stuff like that, so I'm not, not a fan, and, you know, that's all I want to say about those people. I'm not interested in talking about them too much. I'm not going to talk about their works unless it's to say that, you know, they, they were some dark-sided people. And then H.P. Lovecraft, I've never really been into his horror books. I've seen some movies that are, like, are based on that. Um, I guess to each their own, but he's just not my cup of tea. I think that, um, you know, I don't think the universe is embellivant, embellivant to people, if that's the right word. Um, I think that the universe loves planet Earth. I think that there is a cosmic family, and she's part of it, and she's not irrelevant at all and I think that uh, to think that you know that type of nihilism or that type of thinking is to me it's just a disease of it's an extension of that um, kind of like the material that heavy the heaviness or that heavy sort of materialism thinking kind of if that makes sense I just don't see the universe as dead. I don't see human beings as irrelevant. I think that, you know, uh, there's a lot of pain and trauma on the planet right now. Um, but we, I know that we're loved by beings in the universe. And I know that there are other beings that don't like humans. <laughs> so there's both. But I know that there are beings that love us. And, you know, that we are part of a cosmic family. And we are going through some crossroads right now we'll have to make some really important principled uh decisions which I, I hope are heartfelt decisions about where we would like to go as human beings and what kind of communities we'd like to build for ourselves and our families because the world before 2019 is gone uh and I don't know if it's coming back but that doesn't mean that you know we can't build a you know build a few still build uh, a worthwhile future for ourselves and our children is just, um, you know, it's just going to be navigating this and being aware of the problems so that we can then start to, you know, work on solutions. And so that's where I just, I'm not interested in H.P. Lovecraft. I've, I've seen some of his horror, you know, some, like I said, I've seen some horror movies based on his books and they're, you know, they weren't bad. Um, but I'm not a big fan. I'm probably not going to read those books. Uh, I just don't see the universe as... I just don't say, share the same perspective. So I'm not interested. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm rather focused on studying and reading other stories and stuff. So, so I mean, for him, with him, teach their own. So uh, that's all I want to say about that. But I probably wouldn't be sharing much of his material on my show either. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing from the book Agrigores. And I think another one is when he, when the author was talking about 
uh, rituals, which I'll just maybe spend a few minutes talking about because, uh, you know, there's a lot of rituals, rituals and symbols used in, um, in society, especially in the mainstream media and so on, especially with like, you know, you watch the Super Bowl or you watch like, um, you know, major sporting events or major concerts or like all the, ho- the holidays, like, um, you know, I, I live in cur- what's currently called Canada. I prefer to refer to this place as Turtle Island, but I will, I'll also call it Canada. And it's not woke anything, it's just, it happened, you know. <laughs> Colonials, colonialism happened here, and I would like to just, uh, you know, refer to Canada as Turtle Island just to, so we can start healing what happened here. Um, but you know, Canada, the, what's currently called Canada, you know, there are holidays like Canada Days coming up and so on. So when those, when those dates and those, um, events happen, like that's a lot of energy, especially if they're televised. Um, I just kind of like what I was saying about, um, uh, I actually know, sorry, I can't remember if I said it or not, but, <laughs> um, Sorry, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, especially if it's televised. So if uh, something is televised, that could potentially be millions of people watching the same thing. And if they're watching the same thing, that's a lot of energy that the that that ritual, that ceremony is siphoning off towards some sort of, you know, goal on the spirit realm. And, and it does happen. Like, there's symbology. If you ever watch any of the music videos or any movies or anything like that you, you know there is a lot of symbolism in those uh music videos and it's not uh this isn't a conspiracy it's there if you just open your eyes you see it and you see all this the references to mythology references to astrology and so on so the powers that shouldn't be they understand metaphysical science as well and they study it and i think that it's important to for myself to study uh, metaphysical or you know, esoteric science and to understand it because then, you know, when I see these things, I can better understand what's going on and, and maybe try and, and shield my mind from it um, because it's really easy, especially with the TV, it's really easy to be influenced by what we see, watch, and hear if we're not paying attention. And, you know, things like baseball stadiums, you know, places where a lot of people congregate, um, you know, like, um, another good example is when in the Vatican, when they're televising their masses, um, that's a lot of energy. (laughs) That's a lot of energy that, again, is siphoned through, you know, these spiritual leaders towards the agrigore, and in exchange, then they, these organizations, you know, may get more blessings, more power, protection, and so on. So it does happen, and I think that's where it's really important just to pay attention. You know, start paying attention to dates. Start paying attention to, um, you know, like, again, the associations, who you associate with, who you're working for, because, again, a corporation can become an aggregor on the astral realm as well. And just paying attention to symbols. And like I said, a, a logo for, um, like, a, the logo for Nike is a, sh- is a sigil. So 
So any logo, logo, sorry, logo for a corporation is 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 kind of like a sigil, and it can, uh, you know, it could be a place to concentrate energy and send that energy towards the aggregor because it's kind of like vampirism in a way. Um, you know, they siphon energy, and in exchange you get something, right? I mean, I, again, I mean, I think that there's probably light sided and dark sided aggregors, so maybe it's not always vampirism, but there is definitely an energy ex exchange there. Um, and then also too, I mean, I haven't learned too much about geomancy, but I also suspect that where they put, you know, baseball stadiums, where they put basketball stadiums, where they put all these people were, sorry, all these, not people, but all these buildings and all these, um, areas where people, large masses of people congregate with each other. I would bet dollars to donuts that they've also studied the ley lines and the energy uh, kind of inherent in those spaces and use that, those energy vortexes that are inherent in the land to further <laughs> siphon that more energy. Um, it's a topic that I'm really interested in learning more about is geomancy and ley lines. So maybe, you know, some shows down the road, I'll, I'll be talking about that. Um, but I mean, other than that, that's probably w what the most I learned from the book and some of the important points that are highlights that I wanted to share tonight from the, sorry, excuse me, from the book. And I think for next week, I'm going to start exploring dreams. And I, I picked up a book, um, it's called Mindful Dreaming, Harness the Power of Lucid Dreaming for Happiness, Health and positive change because, you know, I do think that there, um, you know, especially with the astral realm and stuff, there's a lot of messages that kind of come through dreams. And I know sometimes dreams are, you know, people might think that it's just, oh, it's just your brain processing information from the day before, or, you know, it's just uh, messages from your unconscious or something like that. Um, I don't know. I think maybe it could be all of the above. And sometimes you know, you dream things and sometimes there's messages and dreams. I just find the whole subject really interesting. So I think I'm going to read that book next and share and just do the same thing. Have a, enjoy a nice cup of coffee and share whatever insights or any, you know, key, um, themes or anything like that, that really resonated with me and share my thoughts and uh, opinions on it. And that's all I am to doing tonight is just sharing my thoughts and opinions. And with that, I want to thank everyone for coming by the cafe, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend and a wonderful week, and we will talk to you soon. Okay, thanks for stopping by the cafe. Bye-bye.